everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Spill the D. My name is Gina. I'm your host. And this week, I am joined with Sarah DeMaria from 407 and Beyond Vacation Co. Sarah, how are you doing? Hey, Gina. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, definitely. You guys can't see this right now, but Sarah actually showed up in a Jungle Cruise t-shirt. So I know we have the right person here right now to give you guys the history of Jungle Cruise. This is amazing. So excited. I was so excited to steal this from my son and put it on <laughs> podcast that nobody is going to visibly see. <laughs> no, the amount of times I used to wear mini ears every episode. And then I was like, no one is seeing this, but it's for me. It's fine. So Sarah, before we get started, would you like to tell the listeners a little about yourself? Sure. So I am a vacation planner, like you said, at 407 and beyond. I have two boys, 17 and, or I'm sorry, 16 and 13. And so I'm a boy mom. Before I was a vacation planner, I was a stay-at-home mom for a really long time. And before that, I was a nurse. Love it. Is your 16-year-old turning 17 soon? He is. Okay. Which I'm totally dreading. It makes me feel very old and sad that he's getting so big. (laughs) I feel like 17 probably isn't that much different than 16. 18, though, that does sound a lot older. Well, you know why it sounds... Like to me, because you know, when, when you go to like select age, when you're booking a vacation, like I only have one more slot to choose <laughs> for child. Like there's the 17, it's at the top. So it just makes me feel like, oh, you know, I just have seen him climbing up and I'm like, he, I can't select that anymore. We'll be 18 yeah. plus soon. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's why you have one more. It's fine. Right. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to have you on to talk some Jungle Cruise with you. Before Definitely. we do that, we have some Disney news. Just two quick things and then we'll be going into the history of Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So the first exciting one is that Rodeo Roundup Barbecue in Toy Story Land is going to be opening. It's going to be taking reservations starting on the 21st of February. And I think that opening day is going to be the 23rd of March. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. That's going to be a a neat, supposed to be a really neat experience. I'm really excited for this one. My family's hoping to go when we all go in August. So that's going to be a group of like 12-ish. I haven't recounted since our last trip, but there is more babies now. But family style, I think we're going to get our money's worth. I'm so excited. For sure. For sure. Bottomless brisket. Yes, please. I know. I know. It all looks so good. And they're really starting to, on social media, release photos of what it's looking like now. You're right. Yeah, you haven't been able to see it for a long time. So mm-hmm. there was just like a couple little things out there. So we're getting to see a little more, a little bit more. What really baffles me, and this is with everything Disney does, is how much the end result will look like the concept art. Isn't that the truth though? Like it is crazy. It is crazy. And you see some of the concept art and you're like, wait, is that the real, is that the real one? It's, it's insane. Like, I feel like it's like yeah. jumping into the page sometimes when you're like, this is exactly how they said it was going to be. Like they didn't change right. anything in the best way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. They have a plan and they stick to it. Exactly. And speaking of things that are opening soon, then sticking to the concept art, all of that registration for annual pass holders for Tron previews 
opens today. The day that this episode's coming out, the 16th. If you're an annual pass holder and you want to do that, you better get on that because it's right now. And I, and I am jealous. Very, yes. very jealous. <laughs> I want I'm to waiting for those. I am waiting for those passes to come back. It's killing me. The money is like sitting there waiting for me. Like know. I've said. Take it. Disney for so long and like it stinks because I have the math all figured out that when we go in March if they bring them back before then an annual pass is worth it for me if they don't it's not so like it's on them now balls in their court (laughs) (laughs) don't you want my money out Disney you're gonna lose out exactly (laughs) (laughs) well I'm gonna cross my fingers for you Thank you. But yeah, so Tron previews. I've heard almost all great things so far from cast members. What about you? Same. Same. It looks amazing. What have you heard in the negative? Anything? uh, Well, I've heard that some people aren't fitting into the the ride properly because there's the back restraint and then there's calf restraints that kind of come like on the backs of your legs. So I've, I've heard a little bit of mixed things about that. They do have a test seat that you yeah. can, you can test and make sure that you can fit properly. Um, and then an alternative car that you yeah. can go in if you don't. Yeah. My brother so. right now says, uh, his wife is shedding for my wedding and he is shedding for Tron. That's what he keeps saying. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. The only but thing like, I've heard was that it's a short ride that oh really it's not that long of a coaster and I'm I'm glad I had that warning because I've been really trying to avoid any kind of spoilers about it but I feel yeah. like that was a good warning to have so hopefully I didn't yeah. just spoil that for anyone I'm sorry it's apparently a short coaster and I think a different experience if you ride it in the day versus at night partly oh, definitely yeah I'm a big it's fan of coasters at night so yeah for sure awesome well we'll get on there soon hopefully Yes, we will. But that is really it as far as the news. That was really all that there was for this week. So it's all going to break tomorrow. Yeah. If anything, that's usually how it goes. So if anything really big happens by tomorrow, I'll edit it in. But I mean, it seems like it's pretty (laughs) calm right now. As you all know, we are officially the 407 and Beyond podcast. 407 and Beyond Vacation Co. is a Disney and Universal Orlando travel agency that books and plans family vacations to destinations such as Walt Disney World, Universal Orlando, Disney Cruise Line for those Marvel Pixar Day at Sea, and so much more. Doesn't cost any extra to book with them. Their services are 100% free. Their vacation planners are going to help plan their clients' perfect family vacation. So all that you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. You can start by getting a free no-obligation quote at www.407vacations.com. As always, that is posted right in our show notes. You can just go ahead and click that link and get your free quote. So let's go in to the history of the Jungle Cruise. That was really easy. Okay, exciting. So the Jungle Cruise, I think I'm going to confuse everyone here for a second. I actually want to start by talking about Bambi. So Bambi. Bambi, anytime you look up anything about the Jungle Cruise, everyone always starts by talking about the true life adventure films. Yes. So what Adventureland was based off of, what Jungle Cruise ended up coming from kind of, but the idea for those films came from Bambi because they used to go out and film deer and wildlife so that when they animated them, they had real video to look at to get the so ideas. Neat. 
So they just had all of this film sitting around and said, what can we do with it? And that's Crazy. where the true life adventure films came from was they were like, wait, well, we can market this. And that's how Walt ended up becoming a, hopefully I use the right word here, documentarian, document, document. right. That feels yeah, right. Sounds right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> from that, while opening Disneyland, they wanted a true life adventure land. They wanted the whole section of the park based off of it. And Walt wanted a boat ride in it. And he wanted real animals <laughs> originally. Can you imagine if it had real oh, animals? It would be, well, actually, you know, think about the Kilimanjaro Safari and, you know, the animal kingdom. Like, they but that was like they, they 40, over 40 years later know, that that opened. Right. right. <laughs> well, eventually but, they got there. <laughs> yes. But it makes me laugh because when you think about them wanting the animals, when they went to do it, they didn't see an issue with actually having animals or hosting the animals or anything like that. The issue they found was that the animals were going to sleep the whole time. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's <laughs> that, why they were like, the, oh, the maybe not. Like, it's so funny. So, yeah, because the animals were going to sleep the whole time, they were like, mm, maybe not. And that is that's where they crazy. came up with all of the animatronic ideas. And they actually made those in Walt Disney Studios. Which was like almost brand new at the time too, which right. is all of it coming Can't together. Can't even imagine. Yeah. So they were able to make all of the animatronics because of twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I always want to say two thousand. Twenty thousand yeah. leagues under the sea. Yep. They already knew how to make the animatronics that went underwater, which was way ahead of its time. Other people were For not sure. doing that. And in order to make them, they brought in the special effects people from that movie. Yeah. Who had all just so been cool. let go. And how they mapped it out, I think, is so interesting with um, Harper Goff. And, like, the story goes that he had a stick and he went around and mapped it out with a stick and a bulldozer was nearby. And that's how they came up with the track. Can you imagine them doing that nowadays? That is not a thing. No, that is so... No. What was it? So they started work on Disneyland in 1954 for it to open in 1955 like it was almost exactly a year to the day that they started the work so jungle cruise one of the first things they did but the fact that like that is how they did it that would never fly nowadays no there's so i mean they they plan them years in advance Mm -hmm. and everything is mapped out like you said with the concept art it's all this is what it's going to look like and this is what it looks like it's crazy it's insane and i'm sure Nowadays, there's probably so many, like, legal reasons why you can't do that, too. Like, with all the yeah. hoops that you have to jump through. Sure. You're, you're not walking with a stick. No, no. That's so funny. Yeah, so it was actually in the very first sketch of Disneyland. Walt knew that was what he wanted. He himself was a big traveler. He liked to see the world, whether it was for his true life adventure films or just to see the world, just to travel. And that was not accessible to most people back then, especially not the way that it is now. They couldn't just pack up and go to Europe. Right. So he wanted to bring the world to everyone else, which is where this idea came in of they were going to go and do an African safari. It goes through Africa, South America, and Asia. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point of it was to bring the world to them. Such a neat idea and just how they brought it to life so quickly. In a year. that I feel like I could do a whole history episode just about that year when they built everything. Yeah. 
and they cleared, it was like something like five acres of land they cleared just for the Jungle Cruise. And it's so funny because looking at it, even if you look at the first drawing, Jungle Cruise and that five acres of land was on the right side of the park when you came in. Yes. And they went in and they looked at the landscape that they had to work with, which at the time was deserts. It was California deserts, some orange groves, and that was it. Like this land was not great. And they realized that on the left side of the park, that's where there was a lot more nature and a lot more of a natural landscape that they could work with. So they moved it from the right to the left. Can you imagine going into Magic Kingdom and eventually it's like, you're right? No, no, no. It's something so weird about it. It's not right. No. But I thought it was neat that there was an existing eucalyptus tree that they left there that the original farmer had planted. And that is what is the barrier between Adventureland and Main Street. Oh, cool. I thought that was really neat. That is really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, they were able to use a lot of the trees that were there, except This is my favorite story. And I don't remember where I heard it. It might have been on Behind the Attraction. They have the full episode about the Jungle Cruise. Or it might have been just whatever. So they tagged the trees. And they wanted some of them to stay and some of them to go. Because, again, they had all of these trees to work with. That's why it was going on the left. And the bulldozer came in and knocked down every tree and completely ignored the tags. They said he was colorblind, the man who was supposed to be doing it. So he (laughs) couldn't tell if it was green or red. So he just knocked them all over. <laughs> that is crazy. So they had, so they had to, to go find trees. They had to go find trees. They had to completely yeah. start fresh. And they had this tiny little budget. And Walt did, he brought in a landscaper. You know, the, um, his famous railroad in his backyard? Yes. Yeah. So the landscaper who did that, he brought him in to do this. That and is said, so neat. Here's your five acres. Now make it look like a jungle. So the thing that was crazy to me is the orange trees and how they planted them upside down to look like mangroves like that's just how would you even think to do that that's my thing like that's so creative to be like oh maybe if we just flip this and I also read that they cut the roots off of maple trees so they looked like old like jungle stumps and used them throughout I don't know somebody with a better imagination than me for sure they also this is imagination this is just sheer guts and again probably wouldn't fly nowadays They were building highways in California at the time. And what they would do is the day before the bulldozers were supposed to get there, they would get there and they would take the trees that the bulldozers (laughs) were supposed to knock down the next day. So they'd come in and they took all the trees. Stealing trees. Yeah. They went door to door buying people's trees from them, offering them money for their plants and their trees if they felt they looked like what they needed. And it's so funny because if you watch the Disneyland opening day report, the reporter says something along the lines of like flown in from like exotic continents. And there, they, <laughs> there is some that are like legit, but the majority sure. of them are from people's front yards and highways and flipped upside down orange trees. They're not, they're no. not all from where you're going through. <laughs> they're just meant to look like they are. But hey, that's Walt Disney Imagineering at its best. It's tricking Absolutely. you into thinking. It's so Absolutely. funny. But yeah, so if you go through, and then one of the really cool things about this jungle that they created, and I have this on the timeline for a little later, but I feel like this is a great time to say it. So in 2010, 
Yes, in 2010. So what's that? 65 years later? Did I do that math right? 55 years later? 55. And 55 years later, there we go. 2010, 55 years later. (laughs) The jungle was actually considered, now it's officially like a real jungle. You guys can't see the quotations I'm holding up, but it's a real jungle now because it's a self-sustaining ecosystem. That is crazy. It's insane. It's so cool. They built a jungle and now it's legit. At least in Disneyland. Right, right. So yeah, they had everything brought in. They were good to go. They have a full jungle, which is now a real jungle. I wonder if the Disney World one is a real jungle now. I don't, when you said that, I was like, oh, I don't know. Because Disney World, 1971, it was an opening day attraction. I mean, why wouldn't it be? It's it's pretty close to 55 years. I, I was yeah. talking math and then I remember that we're literally still celebrating the 50th. 50th. <laughs> but so it's it been probably, for like three years. So yeah, so it probably will soon. Yeah. If I mean I nature obviously is different everywhere, but that'd be but pretty cool. That would be cool. So everything, all of this that we just talked about happened within the first year of just building the ride, making the ride happen the chaos that came from that and then on july 17th 1955 the ride opened with disneyland so exciting and it started out by they were giving educational facts yeah the the ride the most fun thing everyone wants to go to a theme park (laughs) education imagine getting on that and just learning facts the whole time yeah, it's so funny because if you watch the videos from it back then, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, this is so boring. Like, and the, <laughs> they didn't dumb it down either. Like the words they were using were like pretty hefty words that I was like, I feel like a kid wouldn't even be able to follow what you're saying. Right, right. For like a horticulturist or something. Is that yeah. is that the word? Horticulturist? Yeah. Like I was like, I don't... <laughs> I don't think that this is going to go great. So It's amazing that that's that they thought it would, though. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that comes with the them wanting to bring the culture to everybody. Yeah. I guess that's what they thought people would want. And I honestly, it would be fun like once. Right. It's not not a not a ride you're going to no. ride. No. Probably not. Not especially with animatronic animals cuz when you think about the safari that's basically what that is now. But again, the real animals make the big difference there. For sure. Yep. I mean, it makes all the difference. But also things were very different in 1955. So could be that too. It could be that. You're right. So things that they had when it opened, they had alarm clocks in the boats. That wasn't on opening day. That was after a little bit. The old wives tale is that Walt Disney was riding it and the people got nervous. So he had like, a four minute ride and it was supposed to be like nine and he was like what's going on so then they decided to put alarm clocks in the boats to help the timing stay consistent so that every single ride was the same because that was something that was very important to him i can't imagine sitting there with a clock you know and timing it well and apparently i think this is funny so his type of like leadership and his way of telling you like you're doing great was just not saying anything to you like if you were doing bad he told you but he didn't tell you if you were doing great which 
I think it just sounds so backwards from the way people talk about him. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really so, does. So that was like the old tale was that he got off the boat and just said nothing once there was clocks in it. And it was like, okay, so now he's okay. Now he likes it. So I wonder who was like, we need to make this completely different. Like, so, how did that come about? And how long? That story know. came, again, it's another old wise tale. We don't know if it's real or not. Um, I like to think it is. Yeah. Walt was apparently walking through the park, and he was walking past Jungle Cruise, and he heard a mom say that they weren't going to ride it because they had already ridden it before. And it's rumored that that is where the whole idea of Disney will never be complete, it'll always be changing came from. Yeah. But it's also what That's made him really be neat. like, okay, Jungle Cruise is not going to last if we don't make this better. Right. And that's when they brought in Mark Davis. One of those famous Imagineer names. Absolutely. For anyone who doesn't know, he's the man, the myth, the legend behind Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. He was known for being able to take something and make it funny. He was a cartoonist who could just give that comedic aspect so that you look at something and you immediately laugh. Now, I have to ask, are you a fan of the puns and the jokes? I am. You know, it's funny, like the Jungle Cruise, I have like a really soft spot for it because my oldest loved it. He went through this period of time over like three or four years where he, every time we went, he would ride it. He would want to keep going on and on and on. He loved animals. So I think that was, you know, the draw and he would take the jokes back home. So like I have this (laughs) soft spot for the Jungle Cruise and we always have to ride it, you know, every trip. Oh, absolutely. Are you a Jungle Cruise or a Jingle Cruise gal? You know what? I am a big sucker for anything that's themed holiday, you know? So I do like the Jingle, the Jingle Cruise. You know, I am too. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) So yeah, Mark Davis came in and he completely reworked it. So this is like early 60s. The ride probably lasted as it was with no humor, no nothing. Till I, I want to say I couldn't find an exact date, so I'm just gonna make up 1962. I think that might be around when it, it was like five <laughs> to seven years. They came in, they changed a bunch of the scenes, completely taking things out, putting things in the elephant bathing pool that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. That was him. The apes taking over the camp. That was him. All that fun stuff. So he came in, and I'd have to say he made it better. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, one of the things that I love about the Jungle Cruise, and I think literally every time I ride it, is how the auditions or the interviews for the skippers go. Because, like, they are always so good. You know and, what? Like, how, how does that, how, what does that look like? Funny enough, so when you're applying for, like, if you did, like, the Disney College program, when I applied, so this was back in, I applied 2018, 2019. When you did that, you just had to say that you wanted attractions and hope that they put you at Jungle Cruise. Like it wasn't even an audition. I'm sure they kind of went based off of your voice. And if you, like, if you said, I want attractions, I want Jungle Cruise. It's my dream to be a skipper. Right. And then they probably would try and like read you out for the rest of it to figure out if you would make a good skipper. But yeah, there wasn't any kind of interview. They just like, or any audition. They just, you said that was what you wanted and hoped it was what you got. 
that's amazing because they, like I said, they're always so good. Mm-hmm. I think at every time I'm like, hmm, how'd they get this job? What did they have to do? <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people like transfer into it. It's probably a lot of like, yeah, probably a lot of waiting to get. Sure. Because it's people's dreams. The ones that I have found are people's like, this is my dream ride to work at. Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, and Tower of Terror. Those ones where you get to fully act and like meet someone else. Yes. Yep. I wouldn't do well in Haunted Mansion or Tower of Terror. No, you'd be too smiley. I would I would be smiling <laughs> the whole time. Like, because I don't I just smile when I talk. It's just what I do. So I'd be like, yeah, hi, welcome. You would be a good skipper though. For oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you. I was gonna when I applied for the college program say that I wanted that, but I wanted nothing else to do with attractions. I was like, if I put the this and I get anything but Jungle Cruise, I think I'll be so upset. So, like, I'm not doing it. Oh. Too big of a risk. Know. Maybe someday. Maybe. I'll be an 80-year-old <laughs> Jungle Cruise skipper <laughs> retiring skipper. down there. The best skipper that's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Maybe your son will do it. I know. I would love that. So... Where were we at? So a lot of changes did come to the ride over the years. So like I said, the 60s, that was when the biggest one came through to make it funny. They changed the script. They added all of these dad jokes, all this humor that we still to this day know and love. There have been bigger changes, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But for the most part, you got all these lovely dad jokes, whether you're there in the Christmas time, regular And I agree. I also do take these back to my regular life. The amount of times that I tell the boulder joke, like the rock saying it's one of the boulder attractions. If I see a rock or something, (laughs) I'll be like, don't take it for granted. And people think it's hilarious. And I love it because I'm like, I own it. I'm like, yeah, I just made that up. (laughs) See, you were meant to, you were meant to do that. (laughs) But it's one of those things, like if someone doesn't know Disney, you can just kind of, they're like, what yeah this is me I made this up thanks you pay enough money for your park ticket I feel like you can just pretend oh for sure you're paying for the joke yeah so let's talk about the ride as a whole now that it's changed to being more of a comedy ride something that people go they laugh it's different every time they have Mm -hmm. the the jokes lined up but the skippers themselves get to pick which ones they tell how they tell them some of them make them up. It's great. And there's there's always one that I like haven't heard. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's random. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that one before. The one that gets me every time though, backside of water. You gotta Oh. Yeah, I mean that one everybody does. I everybody. Yeah. Well they they say that if you don't, the people will tell the skippers. That they'll be like, <laughs> you, for, you forgot this joke. <laughs> they're here, they're here for the joke. That one joke. So let's just talk about what it is so the ride is themed as a touring company it's the jungle navigation co and like we said it goes through asia africa and south america you go through all the different rivers you're on the amazon at one point it's kind of a big deal but it is actually different in every park that you go in which i think is pretty cool and it's in most parks so disneyland Mm -hmm. the original it's themed as the headquarters and the boathouse for the jungle navigation company and it's located in a british colony it's crazy. This one in 1994 was actually rethemed and it was shortened in the process because they needed to make room for the Indiana Jones ride. That is really interesting. Yeah, they made the whole ride shorter 
And they actually rethemed all of Adventureland because of this, because they wanted Indiana Jones to make sense. So all of Adventureland is themed to 1930s Indiana Jones, which I'm trying to think. I can't think of any other ride that they have rethemed an entire section for. No. Is it that's like that's a really really big ask. For sure. Yeah, no, I I can't think of one. Mm-mm. Interesting. So that one's with Disneyland. You want to go to Disney World? So they brought it to Disney World. They wanted to make it longer, bigger, more people. So they added more boats. They added the flooded temple and some other little scenes. And that's how it came to Walt Disney World. And with the theming too, they did it completely different. It was uh, sort of different. I'm going to say completely. This one was actually a depression era British outpost. Mm -hmm. And then it's located on the Amazon River. And again, Jungle Navigation Co. You're going on their tour of everything. Three-week tour. It's going to go so quick. I think last time they told me it was a two-week. Two-week tour. (laughs) In 12 minutes. Yeah, right. (laughs) Tokyo Disneyland, when they brought it there. So Tokyo Disneyland as a whole, for anyone who doesn't know, is almost exactly a copy and paste of Walt Disney World. Um, a lot of it is very similar. So one of the things that they did when they brought that in is it's actually themed to a more upscale African city instead of like the jungle outpost. And they actually revamped this ride and it's now called Jungle Cruise Wildlife Expeditions. And it has more special effects and background music and is a lot more intense than the Jungle Cruise that we know. I don't know what I think about that. I don't either. <laughs> but it makes, I wonder if maybe like the humor is different there. You know what? You're right. Maybe. Like if it's like yeah, if the jokes good. aren't funny to them, like if it's just not that style. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good thought. Because I know a big issue that they have with a lot of the Disney parks over in Asia is that they don't want to see the movie. They want to be in the movie. So like yeah. drive Pirates of the Caribbean is one where they have the big issue of people don't want to just sit there and see the show. They want to be a part of the show. So uh, maybe it's something that maybe it's a cultural thing where those jokes are not like that's not the kind of rides they're looking for. Yeah. Because yeah, right. Hong Kong Disneyland is pretty, pretty different too. Completely. Completely, completely different. different. Completely. And it's it circumnavigates Tarzan's treehouse and there's a grand finale with a uh, battle scene between angry fire and water gods like completely different and it's actually available in three uh, different languages they have a different cue for each language which i think is really interesting they have english mandarin and cantonese i was really excited when i saw that because the idea of going to a Disney park in another country is so cool to me, but like, I don't speak any of these languages. So the idea that I would still get that and still be able to understand it, like, I think that's really cool. It is neat. And there actually is no Jungle Cruise in Disneyland Paris. It was not something they included. Mm -hmm. When I saw this originally, or when I realized this, I thought it was just because it wasn't something people in Paris would be interested in. Right. Like, they are all about the beauty. It's why their castle is so different. And that was what I thought. Apparently, a really big reason is that other parks in the area already had knockoff versions of the ride. Yeah. 
and they don't have the right climate for it. It gets cold mm-hmm. there. It'd be like putting one up north here in the U.S., like right. the way that their weather is. So like they'd have to close it depending on the time of year, and it's just not worth it to have an outdoor yeah. boat ride. Although I'm not going to complain if they put a Disney up north here. I'll sit oh, in the nice freezing too. cold jungle cruise. You and I together. I know. Up here. Up they north. can put it right in the middle of us. I feel like yes, Hershey, we'll Pennsylvania. Like yes, we'll that's meet. the that's perfect like, place. Yeah, we'll just meet in the middle. It'll be great. Yep. I love it. And with we'll have our annual passes. That's true. And we'll get a um, we'll get a <laughs> oh, Pennsylvania yes. resident right. <laughs> we both got it at the same time. Yes. That's exactly. It. This is gonna be great. It's gonna be like <laughs> half the price. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> For the rest of this, guys. I hope this doesn't get too confusing. Most of what we are going to be saying now is Disneyland based or most of what we said this whole time has been Disneyland based. We'll let you know if it's Disney World because some of it goes a little back and forth. But there are 12 boats on the Disneyland ride and with about maximum of eight going at a time. Do you want to read the names? I will read them. Go for it. I like them. They're fun. They are fun. So we have Amazon Annie renamed Jingle Annie during Christmas. We've got Congo Connie, Congo Caroler, then Candy Cane Connie (laughs) during Christmas. Then we have Ganges Gertie, (laughs) Ganges Garland, and Gingerbread Gertie are the Christmas ones. Hondo Hattie and Hondo Holly and Hanukkah Honey. Hanukkah, <laughs> Hattie. <laughs> These are tongue twisters uh, during Christmas. And oh, Hanukkah. that's like one of the only Hanukkah things that you can really find in Magic Kingdom. I know. That's pretty cool. Something to look for. Yeah. So we have Irrawaddy Irma or Irrawaddy Snow Woman during Christmas. That's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. And then Quango Kate, your Quango. Did I say that right? I think so. For Christmas. And then Niall Nelly renamed Niall Nutcracker or Noel Nelly. <laughs> uh, Orinoco Ida, Orinoco Ornament for Christmas or Navidad Ida, Ida. Sankaroo Sandy renamed Sankaroo Slay or Sugar Plum Sadie for Christmas. And then, I don't know. Yukayali? Yukayali? Yukayali. Yukayali. And Yukayali eggnog, then evergreen Una for Christmas. I don't know where they get some of these. This is interesting. I want to know. Yeah. Are these like all rivers or something? Because that's good to remember for trivia. I think. We have Yangtze Ying Ying. Or you, Yuletide Ying Ying for Christmas. And then the last one is Zambi Z Zelda or Peppermint Zelda for Christmas. Gotcha. You really just like <laughs> did a very good job with those names. I don't know. I Reading them along totally with you, them. I was like, <laughs> she's killing this right now because I was pronouncing them totally different in my brain. But then I would like read it again. And I was like, no, no, she said it right. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. That was very impressive. We're not going to say the Walt Disney World ones because they're basically the same. same. They're like the same, but a little different here and there. So like we won't go through them all. 
Also, I would not be able to match how well she just named all of those. I'm really impressed. Okay, so yeah. So those are the Disneyland ones and the majority of the Disney World ones. Disney World has a total of 15 boats with nine going at a time. Because like Sarah said earlier, Disney World's version is larger. They were Everything in Disney World was meant to be bigger than Disneyland. They wanted it to be bigger and better. Be able to hold those crowds. So all of those boats are going at a time and there's so much going on. But over the years, a lot has changed throughout the Jungle Cruise for so many reasons. Some as simple as things that were funny in 1955 aren't funny now or weren't funny 10 years after. Humor is constantly changing. Animatronics are constantly changing. So after the big overhaul with Mark Davis, there really wasn't any changes for many, many years besides updating some of the animatronics which sometimes meant just fixing them up sometimes meant bringing in a whole new one that looked brand like a whole maybe a realer version of a draft for example 1994 like we said that was when they made it so that it blended better with indiana jones completely changing Mm -hmm. the theming there and really making it a whole new ride then the next big thing was probably in 2001 Mm mm-hmm the skippers used to shoot the hippos mm-hmm. and they took the guns away. That was in Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they gave them back in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't shoot the hippos anymore. They shoot into the no. air as like a warning sign. But actually, it really is used to help with their timing. To help. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's used I to help the other that. skippers know where they were. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's why they gave them back or if that was just a bonus of giving them back. But yeah, mm-hmm. so the guns are removed. No hippos are shot anymore. That has been taken away. A good thing. I wonder like who was like, we should probably get rid of this. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I don't know. The time just, I don't know. I it catches up are. with the times. Yeah. It does catch up with the times. I think, you know, when you know. The type of gun changed throughout the years, too. They, they were firing, like, blanks at one point, and then it switched to a, a faker gun. I'll use those words. <laughs> so that it was not as legit as firing blanks <laughs> at these hippos. So 2013, this is the big one we've all been waiting for, the first Jingle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Exciting. They did the script change. They made it a, a Christmas script. They put decor on the boats and the boathouse, but that was it. It wasn't on the full ride like how we know and love it today. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Christmas part in the Jingle Cruise throughout the ride? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. Do Mine you? is the when you get to the snake and they're like, I got you this present. I put a big boa on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That one gets me every <laughs> time. And I don't even one. think there's anything extra Christmas there. It's just the play on words that I love. Yeah, it's adorable. And the Christmas tree in the office when you're going through the queue. Yeah, yeah. So then in 2014, the Jingle Cruise, it got bigger and better. And it got fully decked out the whole ride. All themed for Christmas. And then in 2017, there was no more Jingle Cruise in Disneyland, which is sad. To this day. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find really interesting because the logic usually when they do things in Disneyland is that it's more locals so they can make Mm -hmm. the changes easier because people are like, people are okay with it. They see it all the time. For example, 
the Haunted Mansion overlay that they do with Nightmare Before yes. Christmas. They won't do it in Disney World because people come to Disney World on a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Right, right. So they don't want and to I, see it different. So that's really surprising to me. It usually would be the opposite of this. Yeah, and I was at Disneyland actually in December, and I was so impressed by all of their Christmas decorations. Like, it's so much more than we have. You Isn't can't even... It? Yeah, like the Cars Land, just all the detail that they do for Christmas. So that is surprising that they leave the the Jingle Cruise out. I know. Maybe it's I because of all the extra stuff they do. Maybe yeah. they had to kind of pick their battles and pick what they wanted. Right. Interesting. I didn't realize that it was like, I knew Cars Land was really decked out, but I didn't realize the park as a whole was like, it was more. That's good to know. Yeah, I felt I felt like it was more. I got to get to Disneyland. I really do. Yeah. Next big change, the one that we've all been waiting for, 2021. This is the biggest change to a storyline that we have had yet. This is, honestly, I'm going to say a full rework of the ride. This is the biggest storyline change. They had to do a lot of changing the animatronics, taking some out, putting new ones in. A lot of it was to make it more culturally sensitive. So things that were okay to say in 1955 aren't okay to say nowadays. So a lot of that was changed in 2021. They added a whole storyline. And I have to admit, having ridden the ride a few times since they have changed it, this storyline, it's there, but it's not a hard storyline. I think the aspect of the ride is still you're listening to the skippers because the skippers are talking about the storyline. I agree. So the storyline, there's a a whole excursion of explorers. Um, They have a bird watcher, a painter, an endo, an entomologist. I don't know what that is. And a skipper go into a jungle and you're getting reports that their boat has sunk and you have to go find them and rescue them and find out what happened. Did you know any of this? No. Yeah. None of it. It's not very well done the main spot where you're getting the storyline is actually while you're waiting in the queue so if you have a lightning lane you're not going to know any of this yeah if you're if there's not a long line you're not going to know any of this or if you're just not paying attention if you're playing heads up you're having a conversation you're not piecing it all together as you go you're not going to know that this is what the ride is now but knowing that now if you think about it so when you're going through Mm -hmm. um you See their sunken boat in the Hibbo area. You find them chased up the pole by the rhinos. Uh-huh. And you see all of their stuff out and about everywhere. And that is, that's the that's whole story. The story. You went and found them. <laughs> Changes that were made, though. Um, there are no more natives. There used to be native tribes within the yeah. ride. They are gone now. Um, where they were has been replaced with chimpanzees uh, flipping mm-hmm. the flipping stuff and all having parties all that stuff and trader sam is somewhat gone the animatronic himself is gone he was a headhunter they got rid of him it's now trader sam's gift shop and there's a sign there that says he'll be back in 15 minutes so the idea of him is still there but the animatronic itself is gone gone. yeah but i think that they did a pretty good job with this storyline it's not explained very well but having researched it i was like oh i see it yeah yeah you can definitely see it do you know what an entomologist is no okay i'm glad i'm not crazy. is it a bird is it somebody that studies birds but a bird watcher was an option oh. uh, insects insects 
Oh a my type goodness, of scientist yeah. who focuses specifically on the study of insects. We have insects, birds, and a wildlife painter. No wonder they weren't expecting to get overrun by hippos and chimpanzees. <laughs> they just don't feel ready to me. Right. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, when they did change it, they made it very clear that it was not going to relate to the new movie. Because the movie was already being filmed, if not done by then. Yes. So they were like, the new update is not the same as the movie. P- please go still see the movie. <laughs> but this change did help work in more of the SEA, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Which, do you know anything about that? I don't. Oh, okay. So wait, tell me honestly, do I do a whole episode about the history behind this? I think you might have to. It's a secret society within the Disney theme parks. That's crazy. I know nothing about this. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm about to blow your mind. Okay, so Society of Explorers and Adventurers. It is a secret club within all of the Disney parks. It's tied together throughout rides. So Skipper Canteen, the restaurant. Yeah. That is like one of like the bases of it. Like it's meant to be a huge, like there's a secret room in there where you can eat that is for the Society of Explorers and Adventures. How did I not know this? This Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So, so many rides are based off of this. We'll start with Disneyland. Big Thunder Mountain is part of the SEA. The owner of Big Thunder Mountain is part of it. He's part, that's why it's a ghost mine. He died. He was an explorer who owned the Big Thunder Mountain Railco. Oh my gosh. The Haunted Mansion is a part of it. Indiana Jones, Temple of the Forbidden Eye, the Jungle Cruise, obviously, the Tiki Room. When you go over to Walt Disney World, Big Thunder Mountain, Expedition Everest, the Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Misadventure Falls at Typhoon Lagoon, the Mount Mayday at Typhoon Lagoon. There is something in the United Kingdom Pavilion for it, and the Enchanted Tiki Room, again. You go to Tokyo Disneyland, Jungle Cruise, and then Tokyo Disneyland's Tower of Terror is actually based off of one of the members of SEA. Oh my gosh. They have Journey to the State of the Earth, Raging Spirits, Soaring, apparently? Is part of it in Tokyo? That just doesn't seem like it, but... Grizzly Gulch, and then again, the Jungle Cruise. Mystic Manor, that is a big one. That's their version of the Haunted Mansion, and that's all about an explorer who finds the de- the gem. Shanghai Disneyland has a whole camp discovery where they, they revert back to it. Disney Cruise Line has the Oceaneer Lab where they go back to it. And then there are a few restaurants across property. So again, the Jungle Navigation Company Skipper Canteen, that is the biggest one. It has so many nods to the SEA. The Adventurers Club, which is now gone, that used to be in Disney Springs, that was like mm-hmm. the base of it. Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, Jock Lindsay is a part of it. Oh my goodness. Four films that can revert back to it. So that's the two, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Indiana Jones, The Island at the Top of the World, and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Okay. So well, that all makes sense. At some point, a character from all of these rides or movies or restaurants somewhere within it is part of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And it's this giant secret society that all come back to it. And that is so neat. It's so cool. And again, I can go more into detail, but that was just to name every ride that is a part of it. Not even how they're a part of it, just that they are. 
it's insanity. I think you do need to do a whole a whole episode on it. I think I would be like I'd be like up here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it's just so interesting and it's it is. What I love about it and the fact that Jungle Cruise ties into it and the fact that with this change that they made in 2021 that it made it tie into it more right is the SEA comes from when Disney came up with everything where they didn't just use their IPs and the movies that they already had. They came up with these things and made them up. So I just, I think that might be why I love it so much because it's just like, look at this thing we made and they did it again. They, they could have easily taken Jungle Cruise and I'm sure Pocahontas, something could, they could have used it. But instead, they tied it back to this SDA. So I, I just think that's awesome. That is really cool. But yeah, so that came with the update, with all of the changes, the the little hidden storyline there. Yeah, I love it. But besides that, we do just have a few little like fun facts that kind of didn't get to be said. When it opened, it was a sea ticket attraction, which I think is interesting, but that's all it was. Right. And for anyone who doesn't know, it went A, B, C, D, E, E being the most intense, the most expensive ones to ride. So it was right in the middle. Yeah. Well, in the Switzer Falls, dispenses and stirs the dye in the water. That's a fun fact. It makes me think of Willy Wonka. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the chocolate waterfall stirs all the chocolate. There's the dye coming down in Switzer Falls. And the weird thing is over the years, the color of the dye has changed the dye is really just meant to cover the animatronics that are underwater so people can't see how they're working they started out brown and then they went green and now it's like more of a bluish green yeah which is like the weirdest thing to know but that's just a little little fun fact to tell your friends well and all the boats go counterclockwise except for the jungle cruise in tokyo I feel like it'd be weird to get in it and have it go the other way, though. <laughs> it day. would be, for sure. And like we were saying with the Skipper Skipper's Canteen, or the longest name ever, the Jungle Navigation Co. Skipper's Canteen. <laughs> it is one of the only rides to have a restaurant themed after it. I said this like this because I really can't think of another one, but I feel like if I say it's the only ride, someone's going to be like... Oh, no, it's not, right? Yeah, I. but I can't think of another one. Well, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, it's going to have a restaurant in Disneyland. Um. So, but that's... That's kind of like restaurant. based off her, though. Yeah, that's it's not really the ride. based off the ride, right? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think there is... <laughs> I know Backlot Express is somewhat no that because that was just the back lot because that's what hollywood studios right do. i was gonna say it's like back lot tour but it's not well the trader sam's kind of go with that too right yeah it would the bar is kind of based the off bar. Of, but then the question is is the bar based off of the ride or get off the sea Oh my goodness, look at you. It's a it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole that I'm gonna go down. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I know that if you go into baseline tap house, that no, because it's not even themed to it, it just has the rides, it has pieces of the backlot tour. 
yeah, I'm going to go with this is the only one. But if anyone else knows, feel free to let me know. Feel free to message me, whatever, because I'd like to be told. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then the only other thing that I have, probably should have worked this in sooner because it's a really lame fact to end on. The top floor of the entrance in California is an overflow. But this is why I think this is cool. It's an overflow for either Jungle Cruise or Indiana Jones, depending on which ride needs it, the way that they have it worked out. I think that's so interesting. I don't Isn't think it? that's a lame fact. I think that's it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. They figured it out. I think that's pretty cool. Because imagine like one day you're waiting for Indiana Jones and you're up top. And then the next right. day you're up top there. They don't use it often. I yeah. think it's pretty rare. I didn't see it when I was there. Yeah. It I literally is like anything. the second floor and it looks out. But if you're just walking through, you would just think that it's a balcony. But that is it. That's the history That's of the it. Jungle Cruise. Everything you want to know. <laughs> Everything you need to know. Everything. <laughs> and didn't want to know. <laughs> like about the SEA. Sorry, guys. I got a little excited. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Absolutely. I was nervous, but it was oh. so much fun. It's just talking. You just pretend yeah. that no one's listening. It's fine. <laughs> I get more nervous when I can hear people in my house and I'm like, oh God, someone can hear me talking as if I'm not going to post this for the entire world to hear me talk. But I think you did great. Thanks. And one question I forgot to ask you when we started, but we talked about it before we started. So I feel like I have to ask. Okay. Who was your least favorite Disney character? My least favorite, this is going to be, like, people are not going to like this. That's why I like doing this. You know who it is? Max. Oh, my God. I'm glad I didn't ask you when we started. This would have been so bad. Why? Favorite? I don't know. It's Every time I see him, I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Oh. I mean, I know who he is, but... That is so disappointing. He's sorry. right there. He's on my wall as we speak. There's plenty of hot takes I give that people are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just don't see it. Ugh, okay, that's right. Who's your favorite? If you say Goofy, I'm hanging up. <laughs> no, I'm a I Donald love Goofy. Duck. I just feel like he can't be your favorite if Max isn't. Right. Well, <laughs> no, I'm a Donald Duck girl all the way. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. a solid favorite. He's right yeah, there. Yeah. All He's right. funny. Up for it a little bit. <laughs> but really, though, thank you for coming on. Would you like to share any of your social media or anything like that so people can find you? Yeah, on Instagram, you can find me at Travel Along with Sarah. And I'm on Facebook at Sarah DeMaria at 407 and Beyond Vacation Planner. Perfect. Guys, yeah. if you want to find Spill the D, it's at Spill the D Podcast. Email is spillitypod at gmail.com. And that is really it. I hope you guys enjoyed this history episode. I hope you enjoyed Sarah as much as I did. But until next week, we will see you at the castle. Do you want to do it again?